Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, and this is the final uh, Penny after uh, a long, long time, and we're looking forward to a a celebration of uh, sorts here this morning. We have a lot of uh, guests lined up in just a while. Elizabeth uh, Hess is going to uh, interview me. We're going to do a little uh, uh, little, uh, switch back and uh, forth here, and... uh, Somebody suggested this. I hope this turns out all right. We'll uh, we'll uh, find out. Elizabeth can be uh, kind of like 60 Minutes. You know, she likes to pull that light bulb down <laughs> over your head and ask all those nasty questions. I will. I'm Ed Bradley of DWS. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and I'm pleased to uh, introduce uh, our first two guests this morning. They are the two mayors of uh, Champaign and Urbana, Diane Marlin and uh, Deb Finan. And you guys surprised me. I didn't know you were going to be here, but I am so pleased to uh, to see you. Well, what's in that uh, document that you have there? <laughs> well, uh, we're here to thank you for your years of service. So we have a joint proclamation. I'll start, and then Diane will pick up. Okay. So whereas Jimmy Gale Turpin was born on February 26, <laughs> 1932, to Burl and Martha Turpin, And whereas he was raised in Olney, Illinois, Jim graduated from East Richland High School, where he served as a class president for three years, was drafted in 1953, and worked in radio operations for the Armed Forces Radio Network in South Korea, then graduated from the University of Illinois with a degree in journalism. And whereas he met and began dating Louise Gale Van Meter in eighth grade. After being named couple most likely to succeed in high school, they married in 1952 and have three children, Chris, husband Jim, Dan, and Jane, husband Joe, with seven grandchildren, Carly, Kendall, Shane, Jenna, Quinn, Jordan, and Trey, and one great-grandson, Luca, who's here today, and... And whereas Jim worked at WVLN Radio during high school and after the war, he and Louise moved to Champaign where he finished his degree while employed at WDWS. He later worked at Horace Mann Educators in Springfield, SP Wright Advertising, and Sangamon State University before moving back to Champaign and starting at WDWS and WHMS in November of 1980. He served as general manager, host of Penny for Your Thoughts, and Sportsline. And whereas, even while living in Springfield, Jim did the radio play-by-play of the Fighting Illini basketball and football games and traveled back and forth to Champaign-Urbana to pursue his passion, which lasted a span of nearly 40 years. And whereas, Jim is all about family first, so his favorite hobbies are family outings. He loves to read, 
ride his bike, attend Illini events and community theater, and volunteer. He's been a longtime member of First Presbyterian Church of Champaign. And whereas highlights of his volunteer work include emceeing Illini sports banquets, FCA banquets, First Christian Church community dinner, ice cream and independence concerts at the Virginia Theater, Safe House Benefit, and most recently co-emceeing the opening of the long-awaited Kickapoo Rail Trail with his daughter Jane. He's been a special guest star for numerous high school and community theater productions and continues to be a major Ebert Fest advocate. Jim served on many boards in both Champaign, Urbana, and Springfield. So now, therefore, we, Deborah Frank Finan, Mayor of the City of Champaign, and Diane Wolf Marlin, Mayor of the City of Urbana, Illinois, do hereby proclaim December 22nd, 2017, as Jim Turpin Day in the cities of Champaign and Urbana, Illinois. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you so much. You guys did a lot of work on that. Let me uh, congratulate the two of you. It's uh, it's terrific to have uh, two women heading up our uh, city and uh, cities, and I wish you the, the very best, and I'm not going anywhere, so anytime I can help you, uh, let me know. Well, thank you, Jim, and thank you for everything you've done. You've been a definite um, advocate for this community throughout your entire career. Um, you know, people always ask, you know, what's it like to be mayor? And sometimes I feel like, you know, my job is cheerleader for Champaign-Urbana. And uh, that's a job that you have held for the 40 years that you have been here. You always find the good and you are always an advocate. So thank you. Thank you very much. And you're one of the best listeners around. And that's very important. And, and you've served that role for many, many years in this community. So congratulations. Again, thank you for this morning. And uh, keep going. We'll be talking. Thank you. We'll be listening. And Thanks so will so you. Bye-bye. We'll take a uh, quick uh, break, Ed. And then we're going to uh, turn it over to Elizabeth Hess here a little bit uh, later on. we got the Jeff Greider, Caitlin Dodds, Mike Finke, uh, Jim Keene, uh, Marion Wyatt will be here, uh, Luke Kinneman. Sue Aldridge, Yvonne Redman, the Expressions uh, Singing Group, and who knows uh, what else. A quick break here. We're coming right back. It's the Bragging Rights game, Illinois and Missouri down in St. Louis, Saturday night at 7. Illini game day with Scott Beatty comes your way at 5.30, Saturday night, Bragging Rights. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, and I'm told we have a surprise uh, guest here. This is Ron Turner. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Well, I'm just having a great day here. This is uh, my last uh, day on uh, the show, and we had. I thought I had some things planned, but there have been a lot of people around here planning things for me, which I like. Yeah, I, I can't this is the, the last day it's uh, you and congratulations on an unbelievable phenomenal career um in champaign urbana and, and what you've done is is just remarkable your involvement in the in the university of illinois in the community the communities both champaign and urbana and everything that you have done is just is just amazing and and you will be greatly missed on the air i know that and i also want to give a special thanks for all you did for me and my family during the eight years that I was in Champaign, um, you know, you were always very professional, always very good to me, my family, and it, it is greatly appreciated. And um, I, I just, I'm thrilled for you to be honored the way everyone's honoring you today, and rightfully so. I mean, if anybody deserves 
all that, it's you. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, again, your involvement in the community is just so special. Well, you're very, uh, very kind. Uh, appreciate it, uh, Coach. And uh, we had some good times, didn't we? I remember some uh, wonderful times. We even won some games along the way, which is uh, always a lot of fun. But we did the, the coaches' shows and all those uh, kinds of uh, things uh, every, uh, what was it, Monday night, I believe. And, uh, gosh, that was uh, fun. We got to spend a lot of time with you. And uh, your family okay? Yeah, everybody's doing. Everybody's doing great. They really are. Everybody's good, and I've got two of them. I'm, I'm with the Panthers now. We got two of them living here in Charlotte. You know, huh. Maddie and and Cameron. Cameron's got two two young daughters, so Wendy gets to spend time with the granddaughters often, and they're expecting their third child in February. And Morgan's still out at Stanford, um, doing well. He's got a six month old son, so Wendy gets out there quite a bit. I don't get out quite as much now but she she does and then Callie is still in Chicago so they're all doing great and I appreciate you asking but this is about you this day's not about me or my family this day's about you and uh, very very much deserved and like I said you know Wendy wanted me to pass on her thanks as well for everything you you did for us while we were there and like you said the, the coaches shows and everything else but even behind the scenes just uh, the respect that you treat everybody and you're always so positive always so upbeat and uh, you find good out of everything. And, and it's, you know, I think everybody in the community appreciates it. And like I said earlier, you're going to be greatly missed on the air. I, I can tell you that. And hopefully when I get this back to Champagne, maybe we can get together for lunch or dinner or something. I'd love to see you. I hope to do that. Uh, thanks, Ron. I appreciate the call very much, man. It's uh, Ron Turner, who was uh, one of my favorite coaches. He, uh, Won a lot of uh, big games. We lost some games, but we uh, had a lot of fun. So, Elizabeth, is it time for you? It is time for me to ask you a few questions. Uh, in a second, though, we would like to bring in Sue Gray from the United Way. She also has a surprise for you for an honor. But before we get to that, uh, let me ask you one question. There have only been three Penny hosts since the show began. Some of your time here was spent doing play-by-play, which overlapped with your general manager duties, and, of course, Penny for your thoughts. What would you say was the most challenging job you had here? I think uh, having all three of them together was really a plateful. I'm when I first came here, I was basically doing the uh, the job that uh, right now uh, the general manager job is being handled by uh, Mike Hale, and all the uh, play-by-play and the traveling and the coaches shows and all that by Brian Barnhart, and I've been doing a penny. But uh, at the beginning, I did all of them at the same time. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I liked uh, I liked this show the best. I like talking to uh, people, and uh, like to have dialogue going on in the show. Find out what uh, what's on their mind. Sort of a a town hall, if you will. And uh, I, uh, I I I would call that my favorite. Although announcing. Uh, basketball games especially uh, Lou Henson's teams that uh, did some uh, some uh, wonderful uh, uh, winnings and uh, went on to the final four in, in 1989 uh, that was a special time as well but it was uh, it's all been great you know what we all know what you've done professionally and it's all been incredible but uh, what a lot of us also know is how philanthropic you've been and how instrumental you've been in this community and no one better to tell us about that then President and CEO of Champaign County United Way, Sue Gray. Welcome, Sue. 
Good morning, Jim. How hey, are you? Sue, how are you? What a nice surprise to see you. Well, I am so happy to be here this morning. I have a special announcement to make. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess <clears throat> it up. It says, United Way of Champaign County is pleased to announce Jim Turpin will be presented with the Spirit of Caring Award during our United Way of Champaign County 94th Annual Meeting and Celebration. The Spirit of Caring Award is United Way of Champaign County's highest honor. The award recognizes individuals, businesses, or organizations whose values and concerns for humankind are demonstrated through their leadership, service, and commitment to the people of our community. Jim, I just want to tell you, when we sat and we were putting together our list for this year, I went through the shortest meeting of my life. <laughs> Your name was at the top of the list. We all kind of looked at each other and said, okay, we're done. <laughs> so we're so excited to give you this honor, Jim. And I can't tell you how much I thank you for always being a champion for the people of Champaign County. You deeply care about what happens to the people here and how we can make life better for those in need in our community. And it shows every day in your work. Um, you've been a longtime supporter of United Way, you and Louise, and we truly appreciate that. And um, I couldn't think of a person more deserving for this recognition this year than you. And so we'll see you in February at our annual meeting. And what's that date? I'm going to have such a busy calendar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you can free up February 22nd at over the lunch hour so we can uh, really recognize you in front of a lot of your fans and the people in the community who care about you and um, just want to say thanks to you. Well, no, thanks to you. Uh, my list uh, would have been a lot longer. I know a lot of other people that uh, are deserving of this award, but uh, I, I certainly appreciate it, and I will uh, be there and uh, be forever thankful. Well, thanks for all you do and all you've done, and I can't wait to work with you in the future. Let's do that. All righty. Keep the United Way going. In fact, I had a conversation about it last week, and somebody called in and said, uh, you know, we don't know where to send our money because uh, some of these places, it's shams and all. I said, wait. Don't worry about all that. Just send your money to United Way. They've got people working a year round there on where to do to uh, distribute the money, and uh, they they study this, and it'll uh, be well spent. So, well, thank I you. gave you a little plug. Awesome. And then the guy probably sent his money to Algeria or something. <laughs> well, thank you, Jim. <laughs> Have a wonderful day this morning. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sue Gray. Wow, my goodness. You have a lot of people that love you, and uh, a hug happening right now in the studio. Mm. I can give a play-by-play -play that way. Jim, do I have time to ask you another question, or do we need to take a break? Uh, I think uh, we're okay with a uh, question here. Okay. Somehow you're always able to keep your personal political views out of the show. How have you been so fair and treated each caller the same without interjecting your personal beliefs all of these years? Well, I think, uh, Elizabeth, it's the, uh, it's the market uh, size. You know, if I'm uh, in Chicago or New York or something like that, there uh, people don't have uh, talk shows where they don't express their views. They, they uh, you know, they have one side and they go after it hard, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's their format. But, you know, the people I'm uh, talking to are people that we live with uh, every day. We see uh, on the streets and... Uh, and I just don't uh, think it's uh, very wise to to uh, take uh, one side. And, you know, we do, we do that after I get off the air. We do it for uh, several hours. And uh, 
I know from uh, time to time uh, you express your opinion on uh, on your show, and that's uh, that's fine. But it's not a a two hour call in show either, where you just have to keep taking calls. Don't have to keep taking calls. You're pleased to to get them, and uh, so I just think. Uh, taking the middle road, so to speak, but uh, still being prepared to challenge on either side what something is, somebody says about uh, something. And uh, so that's what I've done. I think it's worked out uh, pretty well. And uh, if they want to call me at home, they can. Uh, I'll tell them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I will not. That's 555. Five, five. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you've done such a good job of balancing the open line and booking wonderful guests over the years. How did you decide who to interview and who did book your guests for you? Well, I was a one-man show. I didn't have a producer, and I also didn't have a partner on the show. So I did all the uh, the booking of the guests, and uh, I had, uh, like like you do in, uh, in the early morning show, uh, there was a certain... Uh, uh, group of guests that you have on kind of a regular basis, and then you fill in with uh, uh, newsmakers. At least that's my uh, plan. And then from time to time, I would uh, I would uh, get a guest who uh, mainly had uh, something to uh, to uh, promote or to uh, sell. I, 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 liked, I liked dealing with uh, not-for-profits. They're always looking for ways to promote, and so I did a lot of that. So uh, basically, the uh, and this week I had uh, my sort of main people on, Lauren Tate on a Monday, and uh, Lauren uh, and I did the uh, Monday morning quarterbacking, and then uh, Justice uh, Steigman, who has uh, been on for 30-plus years, and then I had uh, Jim Dye on, and then uh, yesterday uh, Julia Reitz. So that was kind of my core, but then I would uh, pick other people as a, uh, as they came up in the news. Well, that dovetails nicely into my next question. Who were your favorite one-on-one interviews or guests that you've had? I had a great time uh, several times with uh, Roger Ebert. When we uh, talked about movies, and I love movies. I know don't look at them the same way Roger Ebert looks at them, of course. I look at them for uh, primarily an enjoyment, and he's uh, you know he knows uh, who the movie makers are, who the director is, uh, history, and so on. But he was so smart, so bright about his uh, his profession and uh, wrote so well. And after the, he got to the point where he could not uh, any longer talk or eat, for that matter, he began to write even more and continued to do that until his death. A very, very important a person in our community. And uh, I think I had some, some great, uh, he kind of, you know, he fired me up, and I think I came up with some good questions. Uh, when you interview people like that that are very smart and uh, know a lot about, I don't know a lot about any one thing, and you get somebody like that that knows all about uh, the films. And then uh, the other person I would uh, put on that list would be Stan Eikenberry, former president of the University of Illinois. When he was the president and uh, John Cribbett was the uh was the chancellor that was, uh, as far as I was concerned, uh, the very best that the U of I has been from an administrative standpoint. And Eikenberry was fun and bright, and as a lot of people know, uh, played a great role in getting uh, Penn State into the uh, 
Big Ten Conference and so on, and I had him on the air as many times as I could. And uh, during that time, both the Eikenberry and the Cribbit would show up at Illinois football and basketball banquets and at games, and we'd have a chance to talk then. So as I would think back, there'd be a lot of others, but uh, those two stand out. Occasionally, as an incredible interviewer as you are, you get an unusual interview, and you've told a fantastic story. Can you tell us a little bit about the Marvin Gerstein interview? Marvin Gerstein is uh, one of a kind. He's uh, You can still see him on uh, Facebook, and uh, he uh, is an attorney, and he had some uh, very interesting things to say to me. Uh, in fact, uh, I think I was uh, sitting straight up in my chair when he talked, and I fell backwards uh, when he began to uh, explain what he was going to do that uh, particular day. And uh, it had to do with some things that... Uh, uh, he was talking about things that we don't ordinarily uh, talk about uh, on on this, uh, you know, on this uh, radio show. But he was uh, had him on a couple of times. He was very interesting when you could get him uh, uh, settled on uh, uh, law type things. He had some interesting stories himself to tell. And Brian Silverman as well. I know that's another lawyer name that mm-hmm. you had on frequently. Brian Silverman was a great guest. I wrote about him in my book, uh, by the way, and. Brian's uh, famous line is he he took his uh, son to Israel after the uh, bar mitzvah, and he said when he came back, he said he found people in Israel exactly the same as he, uh, loud and obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all at some point? Uh, We have so many people that want to uh, say hello. We have Eric Kalin, worked here a long time ago, wants to say hello to you. Can you pull him up on on the line? Eric Kalin, why aren't you working? I am working up in Michigan, but I heard today was your last day, and I wanted to call and thank you from the bottom of my heart, because without you, um, I wouldn't be doing what I've been doing for almost 30 years now, and you gave me a break when I got out of college back in 88, and I'm eternally grateful to you, and uh, learned a lot from you, and uh, I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you you did for me, and allowed me to do something I love, because you put that passion in me, and and uh, I loved working there. Uh, you got me out of college from SIU back in 88 and got to work with uh, you and Rick and Eric Loy and uh, Dave Lone and Dave Burns and Carol and, and uh, Larry and everybody back there. And uh, I just I just wanted to say thanks because you're just uh, a gentleman and always loved working for you. And I just want to say thanks. Well, you're very nice to, uh, to do that. And I appreciate the call a lot. And I you know, uh, people uh, come to the station and uh, want to work and want to learn, uh, young people, and uh, many of them uh, think it's a pretty easy job and they don't have to work hard and they don't have to, uh, you know, really spend some time uh, doing this and uh, doing it right. But you were uh, the exception. You worked uh, very hard, and I could see that you wanted to to move on to big and better things, and I was going to do everything I could to help you. So... uh, Glad it's worked out for you, partner, and I hope to see you get back in Champaign-Urbana. And I didn't want to forget about my old buddy, Ed Bond. So, uh, you know, just uh, it's it was great working for you, Jim. You've done a lot for, uh, the, uh, for the Twin Cities. Uh, everybody grew up listening to you. And um, I just hope uh, you have fun in retirement, whatever that is, and uh, continue riding your bike. And, and every time I drive down Jim Turpin Way, I'll think of you. But... Uh, Again, thank you for everything you did for me because it's 
I can't imagine doing anything else. So I learned a lot from you. Yeah, well, thanks, Eric. Good to hear from you, buddy. Eric uh, Kalen, uh, one of our uh, young guys that worked here and has moved on to big and better things. And I have uh, just been uh, invaded here by a, <laughs> a mean-looking guy. I mean, he's, uh, he's, Merry ready, Christmas. he's ready, ready to go fight. Merry Christmas, Jim, and, and your family and Elizabeth. Um, this is uh, Chapin Rose. Uh, Senator Rose has uh, done a great job for this area for you. a real long time. Well, you have done a phenomenal job with this program, and our community bestows such a debt of gratitude to you, and, and thanks to your family out there, too, for sharing you with everybody for all these years. But, Jim, I've got a, from the State Senate a of the 100th General Assembly, uh, recognition for your 40-year career at News Talk 1400 as the legendary host of Penny for Your Thoughts, extending our congratulations and best wishes to you and your family for a long and happy retirement. And we've got that. And as tacky as this is, you're real present for me. I don't know if you wear cufflinks or not, but in the Fellowship of the Chief, I got you some Chief Alignment cufflinks, but they're on back order and they're not in yet. So as tacky as it is, I'm just going to have to show you a picture right now. That's not tacky at all. But That's we'll, great. I'll be happy to wear them. I was we thinking will, of wearing a Chief uh, sweatshirt today. But well, we'll forward them on to you when they when they finally arrive. So Keep up the good work, young man. And I do indeed uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks, thanks so for much. all your time, Jim. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, break time, Ed. We'll take a quick break. We're coming right back. Who knows what's coming next? We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, uh, and uh, Elizabeth Hess is running the show here this morning. And uh, each time I think that uh, I'm about ready to do uh, something that we had planned. No, here comes another guest. How Every, nice. Everyone Wonderful. Everyone loves you, Jim. It's so hard to stop. Well, but. I don't. I don't know about that, but they've been awfully kind to uh, to show up just one after another this morning. I didn't know they were coming, but uh, what else you got on your list if you're going to try to embarrass me? I'm not going to embarrass you at all. Well, so far, uh, it's like the paparazzi have followed you here. Lots of flashbulbs, and of course, they're already up on Twitter and Facebook. With the advent of texting and social media, how have you seen your program change since you started? Well, it's uh, changed uh, almost uh, completely. I used to arrive here... Uh, Oh, 6.15, uh, 6.30 in the morning, and if I had a chance to uh, look at the uh, newspapers, at uh, the News Gazette and the Tribune, sometimes uh, the Wall Street Journal, and look at a few uh, uh, things online, uh, you know, I'd look at the Fox and I'd look at the CNN to get to both sides of that story. And then I'd go on the air, and one of the first things that uh, somebody would call and say, you know what it says on Twitter this morning? It said... And they give me a topic, and here I don't I don't have any idea what they're talking about, and so you have to kind of be ready to do, uh, to go with the flow. But it's uh, it's a different ball game from a from an input from the listeners' standpoint because I used to sort of have an idea about what they might call about based on what I had read and uh, what I knew was on uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but. Uh, you had to be ready because uh, they got something, you know, as you know, it, it comes a minute after minute. And uh, most of the time, uh, I'm not aware of it because you can't very well look at your phone and do the show as well. So it's been a big change. You alluded to earlier that people think the show looks easy. A big part of that is that you make it look easy. 
from the time you walk in in the morning about 6.15 till the time your microphone goes on, walk us through the routine of getting ready for a show like Penny. Well, the uh, first thing I do is uh, is look at the uh, at the log. I see how many uh, uh, commercials we have to play, kind of judge how much uh, time I have. Then I look at the, uh, the media reports, as I've uh, just uh, mentioned. And then I uh, pick out... Uh, sometimes cut out with my big uh, scissors uh, stories from uh, the Tribune and the and the News Gazette. And th- then I proceed to uh, type out uh, about 13 to 15 questions that uh, I want to talk about or stories that I want to talk about or controversial uh, topics that uh, I think uh, other people will want to talk about. And I come in and I start out with those. Now, there have been days where I had those 15 uh, topics all uh, typed out and all ready to go and never once got to any of them because the the callers had uh, topics on their own. I always invited those. I said, you might want to comment on what I have to say here or you want to bring up your own stuff. And sometimes they brought up stuff that was a lot more interesting than what I had. And uh, they kind of uh, established the uh, the content and the, the format of that show. Which, that was good, too. But you had to just keep going and go with it, whatever anyone wanted to talk about or call in. An open line meant an open line, correct? Exactly right. You had to know a little bit about a lot of things. And, and you uh, do. <laughs> well, yeah, but as I mentioned when I was talking about Roger Ebert, I don't know uh, uh, a lot about any uh, one topic. But uh, try to keep going. And, you know, it might be sports. It might be history. It might be government. It might be garbage rule. It might be closing a nursing home. It could be cutting down the trees on uh, Springfield Avenue because they wanted to uh, widen, uh, the state wanted to widen them. And uh, I kind of look for controversial uh, topics because I thought uh, that generated the most calls and the most interest. And uh, they're pretty easy to find. You know, I'm going to let you set up your next, uh, you are an expert, and what you were an expert on is play-by-play. And I'm going to let you set up exactly what kind of clips we're about to hear. Ed put these uh, together. This is uh, something we've uh, had around for a while, and it involves uh, two or three, I believe three games, right, Ed? Uh, little snippets of uh, play-by-play of uh, three of the, uh, of the games that are uh, very uh, memorable. One, uh, the last one will be the Nick Anderson shot at uh, Indiana, as you all will remember. And uh, another will be the final minutes, a couple of minutes, uh, against the Syracuse in 1989 when the Illini beat Syracuse and went on to the, uh, the Final Four. And it's the first one, Georgia Tech. Okay, this has, doesn't last very long. It's about to five minutes, but I spent a lot of time uh, during my career here doing uh, play-by-play, so I thought we'd just give you uh, a little a blurb of that as we went along this morning. Listen to this crowd, Eddie. The question is often asked, who's your favorite Illini team of all time? Was it the Red Grange team of the 1920s? The Kids of the 1940s? Well, for Illini fans of the modern era, there's no doubt in their mind who's at the top of their list. Lou Henson's Flying Illini. With the roster filled with future NBA players, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, Stephen Bardo, Kenny Battle and Marcus Liberty, Illinois began the season with 17 consecutive victories, including this 103-92 double overtime victory against Georgia Tech at the Assembly Hall. 
Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate were there. Bardo with it. Bardo coming across the line. Steve down the lane at the foul line. Short jumper. Good, Bardo! 89-84. Georgia Tech wants timeout. Illinois up by five. First time in the game. It's their biggest lead, right? Oh, yes, by far. Larry across the line gets the ball to battle. Kinney drives, left corner. Double team. Back out to Smith. 129 for the game. 32 seconds on the shot clock. Bardo to Smith. Bounces for battle. Slam dunk battle. And he's fouled. Woo! Tealana have it back. A fresh 45 seconds. Bardo off to Smith. Throws it into Anderson. Lays it up left-handed and scores. Nick Anderson for Illinois. Fans here are shouting, we're number one. No matter what happens, the rest of the way, they can't take this one away from us. This is 17 in a row. That's never happened before. The last one. This is number one in the nation, and that hasn't happened since 1953. Now a deep pass with two seconds to go. Larry Smith slams up at the buzzer. Illinois has won it. 103 to 92. The Flying Illini's signature play typically ended with a thunderous slam dunk but they made shots of a longer variety, too. No one will ever forget the finish of the March 5th game at Indiana when the 8th-ranked Illini played the 3rd-ranked Hoosiers. Jim Turpin was courtside at Indiana's Assembly Hall. Jay Edwards gets the ball into Jamal Meeks. Back it comes to Lyndon Jones. 15 seconds. Now 13. They're looking for Edwards, of course. And they get it to him in three-point territory. Eight seconds on the clock. Guarded by Anderson. Drives to the corner. Drives all the way in. Fadeaway jumper is good at the gun. There's no way that ball could go in. He was completely beyond the baseline. He set it over the backboard. It went in. It was the most unbelievable shot in that situation I've ever seen. There's never been anything like it. He was falling out of bounds. He shot the ball over the edge of the backboard. It was high, and it went right in the bucket. Steve Bardo will inbound it. And it comes to Nick Anderson. Long, long jumper. Anderson. God! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Nick Anderson hit that ball from long range at the gun. The Illini win it 70 to 67. He was 10 feet feet beyond the line, the arc. When he caught the ball on the sideline, he took a dribble and shot it. He's at the bottom of the pile over here. I don't know if you'll ever see him again. In NCAA tournament play, the flying Illini cruised past McNeese State, Ball State, and Louisville setting the stage for the game against Syracuse and a berth in the Final Four. 33 seconds from 31 victories. 33 seconds from Seattle. 33 seconds from the Final Four. 33 seconds from Lou Henson's vindication. 33 seconds from having Dick Vitale come to Illinois next year and stand on his head at the Assembly Hall. Kenny Illini, hold on. 88 to 86, Illinois. One more for battle on the way and good! Battle cans them both. 15 seconds to go. In it comes to Steve Thompson. 13 seconds. Thompson at the top of the circle for three. A left-hander on the way. Short. Rebound tipped. It goes to the corner. Gill has it! Six seconds. Five seconds. Deep pass for battle. Kenny drives the lane. Lays it up and lays it over. Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! 
four, final four, final four, 89 to 86. Illini were third in the NCAA tournament in 1949, again in 1951, and again in 1952, and this is the first time since then back in the final four. Well, 89 to 86. You can't have a meeting of the we're through with Lou Club for another week. At the final four in Seattle, the Illini were matched against Michigan, a conference team that they had beaten twice earlier in the season by resounding scores. But it was not to happen a third time, as Sean Higgins hit a follow-up shot with time running out, giving the soon-to-be national champion Wolverines an 83-81 victory over the Illini. Though they never got to play in the championship game, the flying Illini had become one of the greatest Illinois teams ever. In, uh, indeed, and I wanted to uh, give a little uh, shout-out here this morning to uh, Lou Henson. Several people have asked about uh, how's Lou uh, doing, and I uh, I don't know from uh, day to day, but uh, this morning I got a text message uh, from uh, Mary kind of outlining uh, the in-and-out uh, trips he has uh, made to the hospital lately, but uh, Lou ap- appears to be doing, he's back home now, and appears to be doing very well. And one of the reasons I like that uh, win in 1989 so much was the fact that it meant so much to to uh, Coach Henson. And uh, that, was a, that was a great, great night. Let's uh, move on, uh, Ed uh, Bond. Uh, we have a couple of people that uh, sent uh, recordings uh, to us. The first one is uh, Caitlin Dodds, and uh, Caitlin is uh, a, a singer that uh, I I think I heard her sing for the first time when she sang at our 4th of July uh, celebration down at the Virginia Theater. This was uh, one that uh, Pete Griffith uh, put together, and she was uh, 14 years old at the time. And uh, she went on to... Uh, New York, and has graduated out there, and uh, I'm not exactly sure what her job she has uh, there now, but uh, she's uh, just a sweet, lovely person, and she was uh, kind enough to, uh, when she's not back uh, for Christmas uh, yet, uh, so we had her uh, on the phone, and here's what it sounded like. I dreamed a dream in time gone by When hope was high and life worth living I dreamed that love would never die I dreamed that God would be forgiving Then I was young and unafraid and dreams were made and used and wasted. There was a ransom to be paid. No song unsung, no wine untasted. But the tigers come at night with their voices soft as such. Tear your hope apart 
turn your dream to shame. He slept the summer by my side. He filled my days with endless wonder. He took my childhood in his stride. dream you'll come to me that we will live the years together but there are dreams that cannot be much, Jim, for being such a light of inspiration and encouragement in my life as an artist and a person. I will miss your voice on Penny for Your Thoughts, but I know we'll see each other again. Thank you. That was uh, Caitlin Dodds, and Caitlin was in New York, and uh, Marion uh, Wyatt, who had the uh, biggest role in uh, putting all these this, uh, music and all these singers uh, together was here in uh, one of our studios, so we had him on the uh, phone. I thought that turned out really, really quite nice. And back to the phones for Lon Kruger. How you doing, Coach? Jim, I'm doing great. Uh, congratulations. How you doing? Oh, I'm. Uh, they got me a little overwhelmed here, the coach, and um, <laughs> it's like uh, being in the uh, the final thirty seconds and the score is tied. I don't know what to do next. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm sure. I'm sure as you've done many times, you'll figure it out. You've always done such a great job, and it's great to hear your voice, and uh, it brings back a lot of good memories for sure. Well, it brings back memories of uh, Lon Kruger and all the things that uh, you have done, what uh, great teams you've had at Oklahoma. It looks to me like uh, you've uh, got a pretty good team again this year. Jim, we've got a, we've got a fun group. Uh, it's, it's a little bit young. We've got, to get, uh, we've got to grow a little bit. We've got just one senior. But the, uh, the two freshmen that come in, you know, Trey Young is doing things at the point that uh, very few people have ever done in college with the scoring and assist. He's averaging double-double and, and leading the country, and um, you know maybe both. It's, it's, it's just never been done before. And because of him, you know other guys are comfortable, and they're they're shooting the ball well, and they're playing with confidence. And uh, and again, I think it's a group that will keep growing and, and getting better. So, is somebody going to beat uh, Kansas this year for the title in the uh, Big Twelve? Not nine teams are going to work at it. You know, <laughs> we're tired of them winning every year, but uh, mm-hmm. as you know, Bill does a good job, and he's got good players and a great crowd, and. And all that makes for a good combination. But uh, yeah, we've got some other good teams. We've got five or six teams in the league ranked right now. So 
there'll be some uh, some good teams shooting at them, and uh, hopefully uh, one of the nine can uh, derail those guys. They've had a, an impressive run for sure. Well, Lon, how is uh, how is your family? How's their health? Everybody okay? Everyone's doing well. Yeah, our daughter and uh, and two grandkids, and her husband. Uh, he's expecting a third. She's got one boy, one girl right now. Angie, yeah, who of course grew up, you know, you know graduated there uh, from Champaign. Uh, so she's uh, got great memories, and they live in Nashville now. She's expecting a a third baby in in February. You know, about uh, seven weeks. Then, uh, of course, uh, Barb's doing great uh, here and uh, continues to do all the things in the community that she's always done. And then her son, Kevin, uh, actually getting married in May. And uh, to, to uh, Allie Gerding, who was a graduate from, uh, from in Champaign there as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got a lot of ties there in Champaign still. And, and uh, they're getting married in May. So he's on her staff and, and starting his, uh, in the middle of his second year with us here. So it's great to, great to have him and the uh, family all together. Make sure you uh, tell uh, Barb I uh, said hello. She was one of my uh, favorite people. She was always so nice and gracious and just uh, really a, a great woman to be around. Well, I appreciate that very much, and we'll do that. And, again, uh, your family as well. It's uh, great to see you, being able to celebrate. Uh, fantastic. You know, you do so many things for so many others, and uh, you're always available to people. So uh, know a lot of people, uh, not only in Champaign, but uh, around the state, appreciate and enjoy that. Well, uh, thanks very much. Uh, always had a great time with uh, you, Lon. You know what I liked uh, especially about you? You were, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what it was like on the inside, but you appeared to be pretty uh, casual before games. You come out and sit in the crowd and talk to people. And now I see other coaches that are pacing down in the locker room and they're running out there and they, you know, they're, I'm afraid they're going to have a heart attack before the game starts. But uh, I don't know if that's a, if that's a, uh, your uh, true uh, uh, feelings at the time, but uh, you sure act like uh, you enjoy what you do. Oh, very much. I've, I've never understood uh, if I was if I was uh, you know pent up back in the locker room or you know pulling my hair out. I, I probably wouldn't be doing this for forty years. So I never under, uh, understood that. But now we don't, we don't take our, ourselves too seriously. We uh, we enjoy being around the people and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to do what we do and. And that's certainly uh, meeting a lot of good people and working with young people every year and uh, watching them grow and develop and uh, move on to, to good things. So uh, we, uh, we've always been very blessed with that and uh, very, feel very fortunate. Well, thank you, Lon. It's uh, very nice of you to call. And I'm, I miss the days that uh, we had together. And uh, hopefully we, our paths will cross. In the meantime, I'll be watching out for those Sooners. I uh, appreciate it very much, Jim. Tell the family hi, and uh, again, congratulations on just an uh, outstanding career and uh, serving uh, serving people well, so we appreciate that. So tell everyone hi for us. Thanks. I will do. Thank you. It's, uh, Lon Kruger, uh, one of my uh, favorites. Now, all these people calling Lon Kruger and Ron Turner and so forth, uh, somebody has set this up, and I'm appreciative that they did so, but I uh, am surprised, but... Uh, very happily to to hear their uh, voices uh, once again. Don't talk to those uh, guys as often as uh, we uh, probably should. So are we just uh, following and we're going to uh, Mike Finke now? I believe we're going to hit Jeff Greider on our way to Mike Finke. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We are. We uh, we discussed that a moment ago. We uh, kind of had a uh, program uh, laid out here, and it's kind of in uh, jumbled at the moment, which is just fine. 
But uh, Jeff Greider is uh, one of the uh, finest uh, singers and actors uh, here in uh, this community. He's done a lot of things in his career. Uh, I think the the time I saw him at the Virginia Theater in uh, uh, a, a terrific uh, performance, uh, just one after another, uh, uh, we asked uh, Jeff to, uh, to come by, and he too was uh, out of town, but he did make it here to the studio, and he got together with Ed Bond and uh, with uh, Marion Wyatt, and uh, sang a song from uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, Guys and Dolls. This is uh, Jeff Greider. They call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way of running out You're on this date with me The pickings have been lush And yet before this evening is over You might give me the brush You might forget your manners You might refuse to stay And so the best that I can do Is pray Luck be a lady tonight Luck be a lady tonight Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight Luck, let a gentleman see How nice a dame you can be I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with Luck, be a lady with me A lady doesn't leave her escort It isn't fair, it isn't nice A lady doesn't wander all over the room And blow on some other guy's dice So let's keep the party polite Never get out of my sight Stick with me, baby, I'm the fella you came in with Luck be a lady Luck be a lady Luck be a lady tonight Jim, on behalf of all of us, thank you for your decades of service and support of the Champaign community. We love you. Thank you again. Uh, Jeff Greider and uh, the show that I remember most that Jeff was in was uh, Jekyll and Hyde. He played uh, the main role there, and it was just uh, terrific uh, acting and uh, wonderful singing, and uh, glad to have him uh, on the the program. Now we have one more uh, uh, short uh, recording here, and then we're going to go into the Illini Fantasy. And uh, we'll move out to the lobby then, where you're going to hear Luke Kinneman and Sue Aldridge and Yvonne Redman and uh, a bunch of uh, young people from the Expressions Group at the Centennial sing some songs that, uh, that I like, that I picked, uh, from shows that I like. And uh, I, should have, uh, I should have Elizabeth uh, Hess uh, tell me the words to... Every one of these songs. I never, Elizabeth and I have a lot of fun in the morning. We kind of talk to each other or sing to each other and just for a couple of minutes. But uh, she knows the lyrics to, why, how did that happen? How how do you know the lyrics to every uh, musical there ever was? You know what? It's my parents. They raised us with musical theater. But um, 
Wait, right now we're having a moment. Jim Manley, can you sit down for one second and uh, would you go on mic, please? That's, you know, most people just ask me to sit down for no longer than one second. I'm going to will you sit right there for one second? And uh, I mean, tell me just about you two gentlemen overlapping a little bit. I know we've got a lot to get in here, but Jim Manley is, you know, was the face of DWS as well for a while. He's a face, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Face for radio. Did uh, you talk about... um, we were having a hard time selling high school basketball, and uh, and Jim T came up with, uh, "Hey, what about volleyball?" And everybody goes, "Volleyball? What?" Well, he hired he hired he hired Mike Kelly, and uh, said, "Go to Western Michigan, learn how to do play-by-play of volleyball." And that was before they changed the rules so he could actually fit it into a broadcast that wouldn't vary from, what, 45 minutes to three hours? (laughs) But anyway, great idea. We sold volleyball. Mike Hebert came here then and with his gang and and picked it up, and we did a lot of promotions with them. Um, Yeah, that was uh, – I remember uh, Mike Hebert going to a Rotary Club – when he first got here and he held up the ball and he says, first thing I want to tell you folks is this is a volleyball <laughs> and that we play volleyball, not like the people play volleyball in the park. We play a different brand of volleyball. And, uh, we used to go up to Kenny gym and uh, watch he and, uh, and, uh, the Illini play and they had some, uh, wonderful teams, but our broadcasts, uh, I know that, uh, Mike Kelly spent a lot of time with uh, Mike Hebert because he didn't know as much about volleyball as, as uh, I did. That's right. And Hebert sort of taught him. But, Jim, you did the, the morning show for a real long time. Yeah, it was. I still do the morning show, but nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> we hear your voice on commercials. So how long did you two overlap, roughly? Oh, from 80-something. Yeah, well, can't... it was before that. Actually, I was keeping stats up in the up in the booth. Um for Illinois football, and uh, and Jim came in and uh, was doing color for a while before uh, you did that before you started working here, right? Yeah, I worked uh, with uh, Larry Stewart and uh, Ray Elliott uh, for a while. Ray Elliott had those big binoculars watching the Alinettes and pointing out which one was the best-looking Alinette. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and I, I fill in, Jim talked earlier of, about um, doing the three jobs uh, uh, from radio where it took take at least three people to do it, and he was doing them all. Once in a while, I'd fill in and Penny. And one time, Daniel Shore, remember Daniel Shore at all? He came in, and I interviewed him on uh, a Penny. And all the while that I was interviewing him, he was reading the Wall Street Journal and never looked up from it. <laughs> well, you, you, you were a very uh, forgettable person, uh, the Jim. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've seen guys that do that. It just uh, kind of makes you wonder about them, doesn't it? It sure does. And it kind of wonder, well, should I ask him a question? Or maybe I should ask him to uh, verbalize what he's reading. But I didn't do that at all. Well, Jim, uh, thanks for uh, coming in this morning. We had a bunch of singers we're going to put on the air here in just a little bit. But it was a, 
uh, you were with the station for a real long time, did a good job, and we've been a friend since then. I know you've uh, come back and helped with the football tents and and all those kinds of things, and never quite uh, never quite disappeared. So the, good yeah. to see you. There were thank you. There were a couple of things involved with there. I remember the article you showed me when you were general managing the station, and you told me to read it, and it was doing promotions without a budget, and. <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> well, that's what we did. <laughs> you had no choice, right? Exactly. We built it up. But he's the one that talked me out of retiring early. Not retiring, actually, but finding another job and saying, you know, mornings weren't weren't too good. And he, and he said, why don't you, would you like to do promotions? And so we did that for the last section of my career. And I, I thank you for that and uh, many other things. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank Good. you. Nice of you to, to come by. We were up Appreciate to uh, with Jeff Finke in the lineup, I believe. Uh, Mike Finke. Mike Finke. Now I'm yeah, uh, Mike is, uh, is a uh, singer, and he's uh, with the uh, Expressions, and uh, he obviously has uh, other things on his mind today because uh, of the big game down in St. Louis, but he did uh, record a couple of minutes for, for us. Hi, Mr. Turpin. Uh, this is Michael Finke. Wish I could be there this morning, but um, out practicing right now, preparing for Missouri tomorrow. I uh, just want to say thank you for everything you've done in this community and for all the athletes around here. I think Dr. Seuss said it best. Uh, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Well, thank you, uh, Mike. You got a little uh, philosophical there. We have always had a, a great... Uh, uh, association with the, the Illinois uh, bands, uh, with uh, Barry Hauser and uh, other uh, band directors and not only the Marching Illini, but other, uh, the concert band and the the wind band. And there's a, they got a bunch of bands over there, and we always had a real good relationship with them. And, and I tried to think of uh, what's one uh, piece we can play that would be uh, our thanks to that relationship. And and it turns out, I think, that uh, the Illini Fantasy is uh, one. It's, uh, it's quite long. It, uh, it's about 11 minutes long. And uh, during uh, the time that you hear this, we'll go out uh, and to get all set up for uh, Lou Kenneman and uh, Sue Aldridge and Yvonne Redman. And those are ter- three terrific singers, so don't, don't miss that. But uh, first, uh, the man who was uh, the conductor of that uh, Illini Fantasy, and I believe this was in uh, Carnegie Hall. Perhaps he talks about this. But uh, here's uh, Jim Keene. Okay, well, I'm delighted to be a part of Jim's final show. He did so much uh, for the University of Illinois, obviously, for the the University of Illinois School of Music, and particularly for the University of Illinois bands. He he, uh, he publicized some of our events. He, He... brought our music to the community. He supported our activities. Jim was, was the MC for our John Philip Sousa sesquicentennial concert. Sousa uh, left his library to the University of Illinois bands, and it took all of about three seconds for, for Jim to accept when, uh, when I asked him if he would be the MC. So we are really, really appreciative uh, to Jim. I know that, uh, that Jim really enjoyed the Illini Fantasy, which uh, basically was 
a uh, you know it's it's a, a wonderful overture combining uh if if we would call it that combining um all of the Illinois songs Illinois loyalty hail to the orange Oski wawa pride of the Illini and uh, the somewhat obscure Altgeld chimes which to me would be um, an even more beautiful uh, uh the Altgeld chimes hymn so to speak would be even, even a more beautiful alma mater than hail to the orange but in any case, here's to you, Jim. Thanks for everything you did for me personally. By the way, not only with regard to the University of Illinois bands, but the way you uh, supported Champaign Rotary and Champagne and my own presidency in Champaign Rotary. Here's to you, Jim. Uh, musical toast uh, to the greatest Illini fan that I know, Jim Turpin. Here is the Illini fantasy. <laughs>
And uh, welcome back to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, and uh, you just heard a Line Eye Fantasy played by the uh, University of Illinois Concert Band at uh, Carnegie Hall. And we have now moved our uh, little production here this morning out of the uh, studio into our lobby. And we're going to have some fun here because we have some uh, great uh, singers. We have uh, at least uh, three people that are going to sing solos uh, for you. And these are basically songs that uh, I have uh, picked. Uh, it's my show, what the heck. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marion Wyatt. But anyway, I, uh, I picked these songs from shows that I uh, liked. We got a, one from a Fiddler, one from uh, a Chorus Line, and, and so on. So, and then after that, we've got, I don't know how many people here, 30 or so from uh, the Expressions. Some alums uh, from the Expressions, a singing group from uh, Centennial High School, and uh, some uh, current students, and they're going to sing for you as well. Then to wrap it all up, maybe we'll sing a Christmas carol. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see this. Marion Wyatt can raise one hand and 30 people have to do something, right? <laughs> Uh-oh. She says, be quiet now. For, before we start, uh, a lot of people worked hard to put all this together. Elizabeth Hess from our staff uh, worked hard. My uh, daughter, uh, daughters, uh, uh, Chris and uh, Jane and uh, what? Sue Aldrich helped. Well, when I get to that, Marion, <laughs> it never happens. Uh, oh, it always happens. I lose control once uh, Marion Wyatt is around. But anyway, uh, the first song is uh, by uh, If I Were a Rich Man. This is uh, from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. This is one of my Great, uh, great uh, loves in the theater is this uh, particular one. And uh, the man that's going to sing it is uh, Lou Kinnaman, well-known in uh, this community. Been uh, cutting hair for a long time now. Has turned all the theatrical duties over to his uh, sons, who are how tall now and how, how old? Oh, geez. Kyle's 16. Kyle and Kate will be 15 soon. And their little sister's 5'9", Kara. So she's in next in line. So... How long, how long have you been cutting hair down to Lando? Oh, you better sit down. <laughs> 41 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 40. Well, keep going, and you'll do it right one of these days. Well, my kids, they're, they're going to be in college soon, so I'm not going to be quitting anytime <laughs> soon. So, <laughs> Well, uh, how many times have you done the Tevya? I've had the pleasure of doing five different productions of uh, Fiddler on, on their roof, and I uh, hope that I, I can do it more. <laughs> we'll wait and see, though. This is Lou Kinnaman, and If I Were a Rich Man. Dear Lord, you made many, many poor people. I realize, of course, it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. So what would have been so terrible if I had a small fortune? If I were a rich man, all day long I'd bitty bitty bum If I were a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work hard If I were a bitty bitty rich Title, 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 title man 
I'd build a painter house with rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town. A fine tin roof with real wooden floors below. There would be one long staircase just going up and one even longer going down. And one more leading nowhere just for sure. I'd fill my yard with chicks and turkeys and geese and ducks for the town to see and hear. Squawking just as noisily as they can. And with each loud quackwee and quackwoo and quackwah, yuck yuck, will land like a trumpet on the ear. As if to say, he lives a wealthy man. I see my wife, my golden, looking like a rich man's wife with a proper double chin, supervising meals to our heart's delight. I see her putting on airs and strutting like a peacock. Oi, what a happy mood she's in! Screaming at the servants day and night. <laughs> the most important man in town will come to fawn on me. They will ask me to advise them like a Solomon the wise. If you please, Reptavia. Pardon me, Reptavia. Causing problems that would cross a rabbi's eyes. And it won't make one bit of difference if I answer right or wrong. When you're rich, they think you really know. How rich I'd have the time that I'd like To sit in the synagogue and pray And maybe have a seat by the eastern wall And i discuss the holy books With the learned men seven hours every day That would be the sweetest thing of all If I were a rich man all day long I'd pity pity bum If I were a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work hard Lord who made the lion and the lamb You decreed I should be what I am Would it spoil some vast eternal plan If I were a wealthy fantastic you are tevia <laughs> and i have only one word for you tradition oh, thank you yes tradition <laughs> luke kenneman ladies and gentlemen one more round of applause wasn't that good wow thank you up next is yvonne redman and yvonne is going to sing a song that I really love. This is from a chorus line. It's called What I Did for Love. 
And uh, we first, uh, or I first met uh, Yvonne at the big celebration we had last 4th of July and uh, at the Virginia Theater. And I said, wow, there is really some singer and such a delightful person to be around. I said, we've got to have her on the air sometime. And so this is the time. Thank you so much for taking time for your busy, busy schedule. I know that uh, you're doing a lot of... Uh, well, a lot of teaching at the, the U of I. And That's right. And, Jim, I just want to take this opportunity. Thank you for being a voice uh, to support artists in our community. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to miss you. Thank you. I'll be around. I'll come and see you. <laughs> Listen to you sing. What I Did for Love from a chorus line, Yvonne Redman. today goodbye the sweetness and the sorrow wish me luck the same to you but I can't regret what I did for Come over here, Yvonne. I didn't get to talk to you. She's uh, taking time out to be on this uh, program because she's training for the Australian Open. 
Uh, she and uh, my daughter uh, Jane are tennis uh, buddies, and uh, I want to wish you luck in uh, the rest of the way. You and your husband are very active uh, people and uh, great to have in our community, and I'm uh, so glad we got to meet, and uh, let's uh, keep in touch. Thank you, Jim. It's really a pleasure to be a part of this community, and I'm so honored to be here with all these people who have been in your life for quite a long time, and I've only been here relatively short time, so it's really an honor to join them all. Thank you for Thank bringing you. me into your life. Great singing. Thank you. Another round of applause for Ivana. <laughs> Come over here. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> this is uh, Sue Aldridge. Uh, many of you uh, know Sue. She has uh, recently retired as well after how many years? I graduated from That's right. She graduated. I'm not old. I'm she, not old. 28 now. 28. <laughs> And I understand you're going to be in a play one of these oh days. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I've come out of retirement to do a show sooner than I thought I was going to be doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm doing uh, Into the Woods. I'm going to be the witch uh, right at the beginning. Well, that's of a party. kind of casting, you know, typecasting. <laughs> All these nice things I was going to say. You know, <laughs> I, you know I love you. We had a great uh, time at uh, your comeback party. Uh, yes, I did. Just to, yeah. for the people that don't know, uh, tell people what that was all about. Um, a few years ago when I decided that I was going to graduate from Centennial, I decided that everybody needed to have one last chance to be on stage at Centennial during the Aldridge era. And so I opened up... Um, about a year ago, actually, um, and, and put the word out to the alumni that, hey, we're going to do this show over Memorial Day weekend. Reached out to you, reached out to a couple other people, got Marion on board, and thought we'd have about a 60 alumni and uh, the current students, and we ended up having 278 people come back, and in 20 hours, we learned a two-and-a-half-hour show um, where all the proceeds would go to Cliff Rocks. And... Um, we made almost $40,000 in those two performances that went now Tell to, people about Cliff Rocks. Um, Cliff Rocks was the, is a um, foundation that we set up uh, in memory of my son Cliff, who graduated in 2004, um, but unfortunately succumbed to cancer in, um, eight years ago in 2010. And um, the foundation supports uh, young men and women from Centennial, uh, students from ISU, as well as uh, young cancer patients um, that are sometimes forgotten that age group between about 19 and 24. There's an age group that Cliff was a part of that kind of got forgotten, and so we hope that all of this monies that were raised uh, will go on forever, and the monies will be there to help students and cancer patients. So... And, Jim, you were a huge part of it, as you have been, for any show that I've ever needed somebody, whether it was um, just to, to come and promote the show or actually be on stage with us. So thank you. For a person that can't sing, dance, or act, I got a lot of time, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can do them all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What are you going to sing for us today? Um, this is Make Someone Happy from Merrily We Roll Along. Um, yeah, this, this is about you. This is just about you. All right, thank you. Suzanne Aldridge.
make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart the heart you sing to. that song is totally an understatement. Love is the answer has truly been your mantra. Thank you for the love that you've given to me, to my family, to the centennial and choir departments, well to all of us. Thank you for being such an amazing example of what hard work, understanding, and of course love will do for us. The community, and of course the world. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I love you, my dearest friend. Well, you made me cry. <laughs> me too. What a... What a wonderful job. One final applause here for Suzanne Aldridge. Now, Marion, uh, how many people here? Lots. Lots of people. And uh, they're going to sing a, uh, a song that is from uh, Les Mis. It's called Bring Him Home. And it's uh, been one of my favorite songs for a real long time. And I must admit, I've never heard a group sing it. But uh, these uh, young people have worked, uh, worked very hard. And uh, they've been waiting around here a while to sing. Uh, thank you all for, uh, for coming, uh, by the way. And uh, are we all set? We're going to get all, all, all is Lou going to sing too? Lou sing, Lou singing. Uh, I see our other uh, soloists are in there as well. Uh, Yvonne is in there, and uh, people in the crowd are in there. Everybody but me is going to sing. Would you like to sing? No. <laughs> but uh, whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, my goodness. Give yourselves a hand. Wonderful, Mary. And uh, first time I heard a group singing, and wow, did they do a good job. They're singing from the heart. They are, and indeed. And we all are. And the next little surprise is that you're going to hear Yvonne and Sue again on a new solo. I'm ready for all kinds of surprises today. <laughs> come into our lives for a reason bringing something we must learn and we are led to those who help us and grow if we let them and we help them in return well I don't know if I believe that's true but I know I'm who I am today because I knew you. Like a comet Be that we will never meet again in this lifetime. So let me say before we part, so much of me is made of what I learned from you. He'll be with me like a handprint on my heart. And now I know
My goodness, how nice. And uh, appreciate you. Every word in that song, thank you so much. We're going to do a Penny Lane now? Yes. Penny Lane is uh, very important uh, to me. This is a song that's uh, been the theme song Penny Fear, on Penny for Your Thoughts, Penny Lane by the, the Beatles. And we also, uh, a couple, three years ago, had the great fortune of having the Canadian Brass on our 4th of July show, and they played a special version of... Uh, of this uh, song as well. So uh, this is a uh, the theme song from uh, Penny Lane, Penny Lane, The Beatles. Jim, before we sing Penny, on behalf of all of the community and especially the performers from all the schools, thank you for giving each of them a voice, letting them come on air and say their name, a shout out to their family and tell the community what they're involved in. And it's because of you that we have student athletes that feel that it's not only okay to sing, but it's cool to sing. And you've had a marvelous gift of combining your love of sports and arts and family. And so although we may not be blood relatives, you have changed all of us for good. And we love you with all our heart. Love you too. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Well, we can uh, see there's so many people here. We don't pass the mic around on this, <laughs> but on uh, on the count of uh, three, I want you all to just say your first name. You ready? One, two, three. Silence. See, I got to introduce all of them again. You always make time to help people feel important. Make, make someone happy, huh? You do. All right, Penny Lane. Children. 
Nice, nice going. Do you want to sing a Christmas carol, or should we wrap it up on that? What do you think? I think we'll do a Christmas carol if you will sing with us. I will sing silently. (laughs) Must be silent night. Silent night, it is indeed. My favorite Christmas song. Could you go over there, please? Sorry. She's in charge again, right? Thank you all very much. That was very, very nice. Thanks to everyone. <laughs> Thanks to everyone that had, uh, had a hand in uh, putting this uh, program uh, together. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning, but uh, it uh, just kind of came together. And uh, Marion Wyatt did a lot of the work. Uh, Sue Aldridge was in on it. Uh, Elizabeth Hess from our station, uh, my two daughters, uh, Chris and uh, Jane, and uh, probably a lot of other people as well. And thanks, too, to all the people that uh, called in. We're going to uh, to wrap it up. I uh, did a, oh, it's about a six or seven minute a piece as a kind of a uh, closing of the, some of the things I wanted to talk about. And I recorded it earlier because I didn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it live after this was over. So we'll, uh, again, thank everybody for took part, who took part, and uh, let's, uh, let's close with that, Ed, if you don't mind. Uh, some of the things that, uh, you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> It'll just be on the radio. And uh, thanks so much. I came back from uh, Korea, enrolled at the U of I, and applied for a job at WDWS. I'd had some experience, having worked at uh, WVLN Anomaly, and with the Armed Forces Korea Network while in the service. Larry Stewart hired me. I was paid a dollar an hour, went in one time and asked for a raise, and he bumped it up to a dollar and ten cents. He basically said, take it or leave it. So 
I took it. I worked 30 hours on the weekends, uh, 6 to midnight on Fridays, noon to midnight on both Saturdays and Sundays. My wife, Louise, worked in campus housing, and we had the GI Bill, so we were okay. After I got my degree, we moved to Springfield, where I worked in various jobs, uh, primarily in advertising and public relations, which involved some lobbying in the General Assembly. I'd worked about a year at uh, Sangamon State University as Vice President in Public Affairs when uh, Lauren Tate called me and said that Stewart was leaving the station and his job would be open. So I applied for the job and got it. That was in 1980. So I've been at WDWS since then. So the station has been on the air for 80 years, and I've worked here 40 of those years, counting the three that I worked as an undergrad. There are so many people to thank. When I was hired in 1980 to manage WDWS and WHMS, do the play-by-play of Illini football and basketball games, and host Penny for Your Thoughts, several people were involved in giving me that opportunity. Mrs. Marijan Stevie Kinnigo, the owner of both stations and the News Gazette, had the last word. But I was also interviewed by John Hirschfeld and Chuck Flynn. Later, I worked for and with John Foreman, one of the finest people I've ever known. Eventually, my job responsibilities were cut back. Management went to others, as did play-by-play of the game. So these past few years, my main responsibility has been hosting Penny for Your Thoughts. There have been just three hosts of Penny in the history of the station. Mark Howard was first, then Larry Stewart, and then me. I don't know where to begin to thank the people that made Penny a top-rated program for a long, long time, but I'll try. First of all, thanks to all of you who called in and text. Without you, there would have been no talk show in the format that I envisioned. That is, a talk show that had dialogue. I never had the desire to make it my show and do the whole thing by myself, as Rush Limbaugh and others do. I wanted to talk to people and hear what they had to say, to respond and to move on. I believe this format is the best in the local market the size of ours. And I think we've succeeded, for the most part, in doing it that way. I also decided to keep my personal political views personal. I wanted to be fair to both sides. I challenged callers on both sides from time to time, but I always wanted them to feel welcome and unafraid to say what was on their minds and in their hearts. I always look for controversial topics, uh, topics that uh, people were talking about at Panera's or over at Sam's Cafe or wherever people gathered for that morning coffee. Should we let them cut down those beautiful trees and widen Springfield Avenue? That was one. That was a biggie. Shall we sell the nursing home? Should we build Central High School Central? Should we demolish or save certain houses? And how about flooding? Should we keep uh, fire this coach or that one and so on? And a big thank you to the guests, to the regulars, Bob Steigman, Jim Dye, Julia Reitz, and the others, too numerous to mention. To the uh, producers and actors and directors of the show that we help promote, Suzanne Aldridge, LaDonna Wilson, Marion Wyatt, Todd Salem, 
to the high schools, to CUTC, to Parkland, the Station Theater, the Virginia Theater, to Roger and Chaz Ebert. Thanks to all for letting me be a part of your lives. I can't sing, dance, or act, but I love showbiz and live entertainment, no matter what level. In fact, my car radio is set most of the time on Sirius Radio Channel 72. That's the Broadway channel. Thanks to my uh, colleagues, especially uh, Ed Bond. We spent a lot of time together. You've helped me so much. I hope I've held up my end as well. And to the sponsors, especially the ones who ask me to do live commercials for them. The ultimate compliment. Without those of you who have the confidence in us, uh, the confidence that uh, we can help you sell and promote your product, thank you. Obviously, there would be no program without you. And to all those who have listened and perhaps never called in, I know you're out there. I appreciate you being there. The numbers show there are plenty of you. And what do you say at the end, the very last thing? Well, I thought a lot about this. I've decided to steal from Vin Scully. When Vinny did his last Dodger broadcast during the last part of his closing remarks, he said, well, perhaps I've said enough. And so it is. <laughs>